my advice for that is to ask the question. You can ask it pretty pointedly and directly, and the more direct, the better. Ask the question, Mia. You're listening to Relationship Renegade, the show that brings you hard truths and realities about relationships. I'm your host, Dr. Jameson Marcier, licensed clinical social worker and doctor of marriage and family therapy. As usual, on the weekend edition, I have my friend and co-host, Mia Terrazis. What is up? I'm back. Hello, everyone. We are hanging. We're hanging out, um, sipping some some drinks just chilling by the pool chilling hanging in the hammock yeah hanging in the hammock i like that (laughs) just talking just hanging um as you know by now our weekend editions tend to be less less structured than our regular uh wednesday episodes but it doesn't mean that they are any less um what important any less relevant Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and that is the case for today's episode. All right. So the month of September, the month of September is or has been dubbed National Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We're we're going to tackle, I guess yet another heavy one. Yeah. Um, we we we've done that recently. Mm-hmm. Um and and so here we are doing it again because it's 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 a necessary conversation. I think that's what we were saying before we hit mm-hmm. record. Um, in addition to September being you know suicide awareness uh, prevention awareness month, this week, this week in particular that this episode is airing, is National Suicide Prevention Week, and so we're doing our part to highlight to. Uh, bring awareness to to the the topic, not even mm-hmm. the topic, the phenomenon, the issue mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. suicide. Um, and we're going to share some thoughts, some ideas, um, and and uh, hope to support someone, support some people, educate some people. Right, uh, because it's something that uh, that's prevalent in our communities. It sure is. I think it's a lot more prevalent than people want to acknowledge. Um, but disclaimer, if this is too heavy of a topic or it brings up some uncomfortable feelings for you, we don't want to push it with you, but just know that that's what we're talking about today. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there too. Mm-hmm. And if you are someone who is battling these thoughts or ideations, there are resources out there. Um, mm-hmm. We're actually going to put some up uh, in the show notes uh, for this episode. Um, but there's lots of resources, so please be sure to check that out. Um, and then again, if you need to reach out to someone, there's clinicians you can reach out to us. You can call someone. Um, be sure to take care of yourselves um, if you're in a situation where you need to. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, um, 
it's prevalent. And so it's, as I've gotten older, as I guess let's start with this. As I've gotten older, it's hard for me to encounter someone who's not impacted in some form or fashion um, by suicide. Mm-hmm. Now, that may be um, one of the hazards of being a therapist, a mental health professional. Mm-hmm. Okay. But even if we remove that, and I don't know what the case is, situation might be for you, Mia, um, I find that um, as I've gotten older, I, I've known more people who've um, either have ideations or thoughts or attempts in the past mm-hmm. or who've been successful. Um, for me, uh, as a as a clinician, I work, I think I've said this before, primarily with young kids. Um, so I, I see more of the ideation. And for those of you that aren't familiar with that lingo, the ideation, mm-hmm. um, that just means that they think about it. Um, and, you know, we, we always assess for how much are they thinking about it? You know, is there a plan and all of that? But um, for ideation, it's really the, the starting point of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, over the years, as I've, I guess, matured as a clinician, you know, when you start out, you hear about suicide ideations, you know, you mm-hmm. just start freaking out because you're just like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. But then you begin to realize the ideations alone don't necessarily, depending on the person, right? Um, you assess further when you hear the ideations, like you were just right. saying. You don't necessarily have to be worried as long as you assess further. Mm-hmm. Right. I guess maybe explain that a little bit to mm. um, Jameson, like not necessarily be worried. Um, it's saying it loosely, but, yeah. um, but worried in the sense of just because there's an ideation doesn't mean that's suicide is going to be the next step. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. So for okay. example, um, I've, I know people who say all the time, you know, and maybe not all the time, but often like, I don't even know why I'm here. Mm-hmm. Okay. And perhaps some of you listening might've had that thought or sometimes I wish I was never born. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had clients who've uh, made comments like that. And maybe you don't think about them as perhaps just a regular person, but as clinicians, when we hear those things, we say, hmm, say more about that. Right. We explore it some more. Right. Let's just see where this goes or where it's coming from. And it may simply just be frustration. Right. You know, we vent our frustration sometimes and we don't even think about it. And someone else may interpret it differently also, Mm -hmm. you know, so go ahead. And I, and too, you know, with, in terms of like children, um, what I notice in children is a very broad term, but you know, young to 18, we Mm -hmm. consider children. Um, So the way that they talk to each other these days is really, I find to be weird. Uh, if I'm going to label it, <laughs> okay. um, it's sometimes they have this very like, um, 
their language to each other and how they communicate ideas is a lot more aggressive than what um, even I, who, I mean, I'm 32, and the way I talked with my friends is a little different than how kids these days, you know, mm-hmm. how, how they talk. And some of it's, there's not a huge emphasis on some words. It doesn't have the same meanings as it was for us. I mean, kids use the word triggered, like, you know, it's not actually a trigger. It bothers mm-hmm. them. So they said, Oh, that hashtag triggered. And so a wow. lot of it has mm-hmm. become very much part of their language, which I have been finding is hard to differentiate um, when talking to people about it because they're like, I didn't mean that. That's not what that meant. And I'm like, oh crap, like, okay, maybe, but this is, you know, teaching them the weight of their words sometimes. Yeah, you definitely, and kids are are very, um, in terms of mental health, it can be challenging, but you definitely don't want to ignore the words they use because kids are often searching for vocabulary. You know, so kids can be frustrated. Mm-hmm. A lot of young kids don't know that. Mm-hmm. And then they may say something like, oh, I just want to die. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. so, you know, one, you don't want to ignore that, but you definitely want to say, so what's happening here? Mm-hmm. Explore it. Yeah, for sure. Explore it and offer alternatives. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's not you don't want them to have that in their minds. Right. Um, Another population that often comes up when when we're talking about um, suicide, suicide prevention and awareness are our veterans. Mm -hmm. And so first, let me say, if you are a veteran listening to this, definitely um, from the depths of our hearts, thank you for your Mm -hmm. service. Um, If you are the family of a veteran or caregiver of a veteran, Thank you as well, because without you, it's, you know, we wouldn't have any veterans. Mm -hmm. Um, And and the sacrifices are not only made by the veterans, but by their families as well. Absolutely. Over these last few years, I've had the opportunity to work with veterans and their families. And so I've become more aware of the challenges and struggles that veterans face. Um, And the fact that a lot of veterans... Uh, die by suicide, unfortunately. Um, And it isn't until I started working uh, with these veterans and their families that I really began to get a grasp of the challenges um, that some of these veterans face. Um, You know, you, you can imagine being in one system, immersed and just assimilate and adapt and do that for 5, 10, 15, 20 years in many cases. Mm-hmm. The things that our veterans have seen, the things that they've had to do and endure. And then one day it's it's done. Yeah, that's really heavy stuff. One, and... it changes like almost overnight. Yeah. And almost an expectation that everything's back to normal. And for, you know, someone who's experienced something that's so drastically different and it doesn't just start, you know, when they serve, it's a whole 
you know, build up like from the rankings and all of that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some, some of our veterans um, entered military service with mental health conditions mm-hmm. or they had um, pre-existing conditions or factors um, because again, being an airman or, you know, military service men or women and women too, by the way, not just men, mm-hmm. but serving in the stress does bring about some onsets of different things. Um, and so they develop some of these conditions. Um, and then there's this, this, I guess, unspoken rule that you just kind of bear it and you just be strong, you know, adapt and overcome is something that you hear a lot from servicemen and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and nobody knows, and they suffer in silence until they just can't bear it anymore. Right. Yeah. And so that's unfortunate. That's unfortunate. Um, you know, it's it's almost because of the population I work with now. Almost almost every week, you hear about um, a veteran who who died by suicide, who was successful. Um, and so there are resources out there. Mm-hmm. You know, the Veterans Administration, you know, they are there for the veterans, specifically for the veterans. Um, and so I do encourage, if you're listening and you know a veteran, to reach out. Or if you know of a caregiver of a veteran, reach out or family members. Um, definitely uh, encourage them. Um, I'll say this other thing, too. I-, I find this interesting because there's almost like this black curtain that exists between uh, military culture and civilian culture, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm for, I, I feel fortunate that I'm able to kind of like look behind straddle. the curtain. Yeah, straddle that line. Right, right. And mm-hmm. I'll also share um, in the past, I've had uh, interest in uh, joining the military um, as mm-hmm. a clinician, um, it's not happened and I don't know that at my age it will, but I've always been fascinated by that and being able to peek behind the curtain, I realize um, we don't exactly know how to engage or as a, as a society, I, I'm even trying to make sense of it in my head. We, the relationship that exists with the veterans and military, it's an, it's an odd dynamic. Mm-hmm. It, it's something that um, it, it fascinates me, but I don't know if it's necessarily in a good way. Mm. Yeah. I can only really speak to the fact that <laughs> the, the only, I mean, not the only time I had, I had family members that served, but when it was very close to me was when I dated somebody who um, was deployed uh, overseas to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, that has been my experience. And I mean, I'm sure we can, we can talk a whole lot about what that looked like and what it felt like. And in some ways, like you're saying, like straddling the line, I didn't, I always had a fascination in the mental health of active servicemen and even veterans because I feel like it's such a subculture a known subculture of our society that we we don't really know much about mm-hmm. 
And so I think when, you know, you have people that uh, are in it and then they come back to a society that doesn't know much about it, right. then, then you have question marks on how to support them. Yeah. And, you know, we do all kinds of things with the best of intentions mm-hmm. and they don't always help, you know? Right. And I, and I think that's just so important to, um, to bring up is when we're talking about prevention, um, you know, being able to be supportive of people in, when they're in these states, um, of, of mind and how, and what are your resources even for, you know, not necessarily just for the person, but also for the friends and family. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Um, the different adjustments that are necessary for, you know, active duty or veterans, it, it can really uh, be a struggle. Mm-hmm. And, and then despite the hardships and the challenges, there are some very real bonds and, and, and mm-hmm. relationships that are made and then you don't have that anymore once you leave. Right. And they're strong, very, like, very strong bonds. It's like a family unit that, you know, you're bonded that's, by these incredible experiences. Yeah, that's how they talk about it. That is mm-hmm. exactly how veterans talk about it. Um, and, and to the point where it's they're not you know they're they're brothers and sisters mm-hmm. you know not not a friend and and i think that as civilians we don't we really can't can't understand how deep and how strong those bonds are no i mean it's so interesting cuz as friends and family you know we're like of course like we would you know someone says oh would you you know you know, we do anything, mm-hmm. you know, for your life or whatever, but these people are actually in situations where they have to make that choice. Mm-hmm. And so these, they're platoon. platoon? Oh, well, yeah, that's, right? yeah, that's platoon. Battalion, whatever, comp- whatever their companies. Yeah. Whatever they're their called. Group, and their I, group, their and group. I don't mean whatever, Pat, you know, dismissively, I don't know the terminology, but, um, yeah, like they, they really are like their people. Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. One other piece I'll add is um, this wasn't the case years ago. And I, you often hear older veterans talking about this. When they were at war and fighting or deployed, it almost felt like the country, family, friends was very much there with them. Mm-hmm. But the sense now is that when they're over there, right, wherever there is, mm-hmm. they're almost forgotten about. Mm. There's a huge disconnect. One, you know, out of my, out of sight, out of sight, out of mind. You know how they say that? Um, it's like so, that, it's so interesting that you say that because the experience I had was completely different. But I'm gonna let you speak on yours. And don't forget what you're going to say. I'm not. I'm writing it down. Okay. Yeah. So I've heard that 
they almost feel forgotten about mm-hmm. while they're deployed or while they're at war. Um, and then when they come back and then it's like, oh yeah, they were over there doing that. Hi, we are the Messiah Kids. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking subscribe now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. Now back to the show. And that that revelation, that realization that they're over there doing all of this while we're here just, you know, complaining about our iPhones, our chargers being too short. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> more <laughs> trivial things, I guess. Right. You know, <laughs> and, and that disconnect of, of the sacrifices they make is yet another challenge, which leads to all kinds of questions and, mm-hmm. and you know, depression and mm-hmm. different mental health issues and ultimately uh, suicide for many of them. Yeah, that's true. Now you were going to say. Yes. So um, like I said, you know, my personal experience with a, a I don't know if I'd say veteran, but a military person mm-hmm. was um, one when they were actively um, on duty and um, the sense of feeling forgotten about was not even close to how this family was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and more so it was like, uh, almost like they were always preparing for the worst. And wow. so it was like, cause you know, there's so much that we don't know. There's so much, it's, I guess, secrecy that you, you know, especially for someone that's an active deployed, um, person is that they can't really tell you a lot. And so you don't really know when the next time is it, it's going to be until you hear from this person or if you will. So, you know, for the family and for me as a girlfriend, a young girl, by the way, who (laughs) didn't understand it, hardly anything. um, And you have this enormity of a situation with no real answers or no Mm -hmm. real information. Um, it's extremely difficult, but for the family, I remember it being almost like having to grieve like when they were over there, because you didn't know when the next time you're going to hear from them, if they were going to have technology, you know, a lot of what they held on to were a lot of like the memories of this person. And so when they would, you know, when they would come back and, it's almost like they, there was an expectation that the person that had been serving was going to be maybe a little bit different, but they would get over it kind of, and they'd yeah. be back to that same person. And I feel like the duality of that, like of those who they were when they left and then who they are coming back, mm-hmm. um, there's a huge disparity and an expectation and the pressures and of, you know, coming back into civilization or the civilian world or, you know, how, and so they don't know what to do with that. And the family doesn't really know because there's not a lot of information about it. And so 
they don't want to talk to family about certain things that they saw or experienced, you know, when they do see them. Um, and also what I saw too was this sense of um, heroicism. Is that the right pronunciation? It's, it's good um, enough. It's a Saturday. Okay. So, you know, they don't necessarily, at least in my experience with the person I was dating, didn't necessarily feel like a hero. They didn't feel like what they did over there when they were serving deserved discounts at the mall. Uh, or, okay. or, you know, maybe they had to do some things that really was conflicting to them, like with, you know, mm -hmm. how they were brought up or, you know, whatever had to happen. Um, and so now they're called heroes when they come back here and they don't feel like that. And it's constant. A lot of internal conflict. A lot of internal conflict. And so for, as a girlfriend back then, I really didn't know how to support this person going through so much internal conflict. And I don't even know if this person had the words or even could, could even understand that internal conflict because it was so just every day. You're mm -hmm. battling this every day. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and this kind of leads to, um, I don't know if this is the final point, but one additional point I want to add when you say they battle it every day, it's constant. Mm -hmm. It's nonstop. And a lot of people in trying to seek relief for some of the constant challenges mm -hmm. is what leads them to begin to consider uh, suicide. Right. And so it isn't that people are trying to die, but they're looking for a solution. Mm -hmm. And as we begin to decompensate or our our thinking or rationalization begins to uh, go down, like we're less better able to, to manage these things, we make some poor choices, you know, less than optimal. And this is essentially what it is. We can rationalize anything mm -hmm. on no sleep, no food, if we're in constant turmoil. Right. You know? Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah, so that's 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 where they're at. That's some that's some of what's going on with our veterans, mm -hmm. and and uh, you know this isn't meant to be exhaustive, right? No, this is not including everything. This is a, a glimpse into one population, right? Um, struggling with uh, suicide, um, mm -hmm. and it's a very real struggle. Mm -hmm. What? Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Well, what I was going to add is um, when you said it stays with them, it's nonstop. Mm -hmm. um, if you've ever had someone that you know or even someone that you've known, right? So the interesting thing about suicide, you don't necessarily have to have known the individual intimately or personally to be impacted mm -hmm. by, a great point. Great by point. their, by their uh, death by suicide. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know if this was last year or a few years ago, but there it seemed like there were a lot of celebrities dying by yes. suicide. Yeah. You remember uh -huh. that? I do. I do. That um, was something. You, you know what? There's a psychology, I think, behind that that you hear 
that that happens when um, someone uh, there's a death by suicide you see mm -hmm. other people doing it almost like that person gave them permission yeah. um, so you know being you know we talk about you know we're talking about prevention too so just being aware as well as what's going on mm -hmm. um, around your people um, is also really you know important yeah the kind of information that we consume mm -hmm. whether it's social media the news um, mm -hmm. and I say news in quotes of course um, you almost <laughs> have to you have to guard your mind and your mental you health do. against those things um, because it, you don't even recognize the influence that it has on you and not to say that it will lead you down the road to suicide mm -hmm. but it does influence your thinking and when and why you would choose A mm -hmm. over B, you know, mm -hmm. it's very subtle. Mm -hmm. And um, even now I can tell you, I, I, when Robin, when I found out that Robin Williams died by suicide, you know, like Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, the genie. Oh man. I mean, that was really impactful and mm -hmm. it's just, it just goes to show that internal conflict that there's a lot of people that are suffering in silence. Oh yeah. Most and recently, uh, what's the, what's the chef Anthony Bourdain? That too, you know, here you are here. We think that these people have it made. They have it all like how great you're, you're, you know, you're a comedian, you get to travel the world or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. there's this real, um, internal conflict there's this real heavy it's a, depression it's a struggle. Just, oh yeah mm -hmm. yeah and, and you know when you appear to have it all mm -hmm. not even appear when you've when you have any certain amount of success you feel like you can't talk about that struggle mm -hmm. and that also leads down some um darker paths right you know i um, um when i was in my graduate program I have a colleague of mine, I have a friend, good friend of mine, actually, very good friend. She had, um, she had recently gotten a job down in, down, um, down here in South Florida. Uh, her family, she seemed to be doing good and it was a holiday season. And I get a call from a classmate that, you know, this colleague of mine, she uh, one day went out and uh, she, took her own life and you know when you hear news like that you're just kind of like in shock mm -hmm. but even to this day and I think at this point this might have been this is close to maybe 10 years now that still stays with me mm -hmm. for lots of reasons one um, you know you make plans and then this happens so now what happens to those plans mm -hmm. you know we always had this thing about getting coffee and so we never got to get coffee. Um, then you yes, said to yourself, but you know, she was a clinician as well. Mm -hmm. And as clinicians, we know, we understand these things, mm -hmm. but we struggle with them too. Sure. Right. Clinicians are not immune, just like doctors and physicians are not immune from illnesses and diseases. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, that experience to this day, I have her number in my phone. Mm. Right. So when we talk about it stays with you, um, 
we understand that I understand personally how losing someone just stays with you. Um, and that's a struggle too, because people who don't experience it don't understand mm-hmm. what's happening with you, how you grieve and how you handle losing someone like that. Mm. Yeah, and that doesn't change. It's, a, it's universal for adults and kids too, because kids mm-hmm. are also are impacted by losing friends. Yeah. You know, um, which, and that's also something that's going on a, a lot these days. Tell me about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. So I want to um, kind of talk a little bit about the preventative part. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think, you know, when there is this topic, we tend to not feel comfortable enough to talk about it or breach the subject with you know, a family member, a friend or whoever that um, is feeling this way, or maybe you noticed a difference in some behaviors or things like that, but you just don't feel like you should say something. Mm. You don't feel equipped. Don't feel, exactly. That's a great, great point. You don't feel equipped um, to say anything. And I, I, my my advice for that is to ask the question and you can ask it pretty pointedly and directly and the more direct the better honestly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh-huh Do so, you str- ask the question mia are you considering suicide you can literally ask the question do you want to kill yourself mhm um, it's, it's interesting cause I also am a trainer for, um, <clears throat> uh, it's called youth mental health first aid. Yeah. And one of the things that we talk to these first aiders about is, um, practicing asking that question. Yeah. yeah. It's an actual exercise. You have to say it. You have to say it. And it's for whatever reason it's really uncomfortable it's you don't want to just wishy-washy just ask the question Mm -hmm. even even as a role play yeah you kind of it takes you a sec to prime yourself and and say it Mm -hmm. it it, you just asked me and i it took me a minute and i have (laughs) a clinician i know know. (laughs) so it it, and we you know we recognize that and that is part of the reason why as clinicians, as having this platform, we want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd be doing a disservice if we didn't, I think. And right. Right. yeah, definitely just asking those questions, checking up on your, on your people. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Yeah. People don't ask the question because sometimes they're afraid of the answer. Yeah. You know, that's so, true. right. Mm-hmm. What do you do if they say yes? Now you're like, oh my God. Well, mm-hmm. there are things you can do. There are resources. You know, you mm-hmm. can call the hospital. You can even just going to the hospital, mm-hmm. you know, wellness check on your friend. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it knowing is, is better than not knowing. Right. Um, and then there are people who will help you. There are text lines. And like I said, we'll put some of these up 
and they're up in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But there are lots of resources that will even assist you mm -hmm. as to where can you call or take your friend or your loved one, you mm -hmm. know, for that matter, whomever it may be. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be afraid of what the answer is. Another point is, is that some people um, they they don't ask the, uh, they don't ask the question. Um, drawing the blank. So I would say the first one is uh, the answer. I lost it. I lost it. <laughs> they don't. Maybe they don't ask it directly. They kind of say it. I don't no. know, indirectly. Don't yeah. Know. <laughs> and they don't like, you know, passing away. Do you want to pass away? Well, you know, if you're asking maybe a child that that might be too vague of a question. Um, so just asking them, you know, oh, literally. I, mm -hmm. I remembered. Okay. People don't Come ask. on back. People don't ask and don't talk about it because they think by asking and talking about it, they're going to be introducing it and making oh, someone yeah. think about it. Mm -hmm. it. That's. I'm glad you remembered that point <laughs> because yes, it's too. an important one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You definitely don't want to shy away because you think, well, then they, I'm going to make them do it or make them think about it. Mm -hmm. That's not what's happening. Right. Right. Okay. So, so yeah, please, if you've, if you or yourself or you know someone struggling, um, reach out mm -hmm. and, and with some of these resources. Um, and, and I guess one last thing I'll add is don't feel by no means responsible mm -hmm. for that person and whatever decision that they may make. Mm -hmm. I can understand how we might begin to feel that way. And this is also a struggle for clinicians as well. It is, yeah. You know, because, so I've had clients also who died by suicide. Mm -hmm. And um, it's not a good feeling to get a call from a family member that a, a client of yours, you know, decided that they were going to take their life. But you can't blame yourself especially if you've done all you can, mm -hmm. you know, it, it, it's something, it, it's an odd place. It's an uncomfortable place to be in, but you're not to blame. Okay. It's not your fault. Right. Hmm. And I just think, you know, people need to hear that and recognize that. Right. No, they do. Good, good, good. Um, yeah, so think, uh, think that's enough for now, Mia? I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, you know, we'll, we always kind of touch around some really sensitive subjects sometimes. Mm -hmm. And this, uh, we take very seriously and, you know, this, you guys are a part of our family now too. And so we want to make sure that, um, you know that we are here and we're here to talk about the uncomfortable stuff and the top shelf brown bag stuff that people don't want to talk about. Um, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. We, um, we want to be a resource. Um, mm -hmm. If you need it, uh, the month of September, you know, depending on mm -hmm. how you move and shake, you're going to hear about this. You'll see ads and print stuff and commercials 
about suicide awareness prevention. So just just kind of keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, so listen, I want to thank you guys for joining us for one of our heavier <laughs> topics, but mm-hmm. timely, timely. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're going to talk about relationships, we definitely need to address some of the more uncomfortable aspects of relationships and challenges that exist. Absolutely. So if you found value in this show, as always, we ask that you will share it, um, rate it. Okay. We know you're sharing and we know you're rating because the metrics are, uh, they're nice. Thank you. Jameson gave me a little insight to the metrics today and um, we just, it blew my mind. It was great. (laughs) We appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in and sharing your weekends with us and your, your Wednesdays or whenever you hear it, just part of your day. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'll just add this. If you are looking again for some support in, in, in this time, uh, you can reach out to us. You can go to the website, we're on social media. Um, you can just reach out to a professional pastor, friend, reach out to someone mm-hmm. and, um, or okay. sign up for a class too. I'm sorry for use mental health first aid or mental health first aid. Yeah. Uh, yep. That's a true. Resource. Lots of resources out there. Okay. So you don't have to do it alone. Lots mm-hmm. of people are out there willing, able, willing and able to support you. So uh, thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, we look forward to having you uh, next week next, and the week after that and the month after that. <laughs> and uh, just hanging with us for another episode of Relationship Renegade.